Welcome to Carson Chatter, a podcast focused on Carson City, the people who shape it, and the real estate that defines it. I'm Cena Lloyd, Carson City Library Director, and I'm here with my co-host. Hi, I'm Garrett Lapierre, local realtor with Century 21 Jim Wilson Realty. In addition to another great guest interview this week, we have our weekly segments, Community Connections, and Lapierre's Corner. Stay with us, and we'll be right back. We would like to give a huge thank you to Aaron Henry, who is not only from Carson City, but he is in Whiskey Heroes, which is a local band. Aaron created um, the new music for the podcast that you hear between each segment and at the beginning and the end. Aaron, thank you very much. We appreciate you supporting the podcast. Welcome back. We're going to hop into this week's segments with Lapeer's Corner. And I have some stats for you from the first quarter of this year, 2017. So from January 1st to March 31st, there was a total of 169 total sales in Carson City. The average days on market is 113 days. And the median home price is two fifty nine, so two hundred fifty nine thousand is the median home price. Um, let me delve into um, what these stats cover and what average days on market is real fast. Um, so these stats include all sales for stick built homes, manufactured homes, and condo slash town homes. Um, so this is everything. So this includes all residential properties. Is that one sixty nine? And then the average days on market um, was 113 days. So that means from the time that the real estate sign goes in the ground to the time that you close escrow and get your money, 113 days on average. So just shy of four months. How does this compare with the first quarter of 2016? So in 2016, um, there was 152 total sales in the first quarter. And the average days on market was 107 but the median home price was 232750 So median home price has jumped up, well, about $30,000, just shy of $30,000. Um, and total sales went up by seventeen. Market has gone up by about a week. Um, so all, overall, a very strong first quarter and a better first quarter than what we had last year. Um, right now, active listings, there's only 110 so if you are a home buyer, and this is everything from the the $1,000 property, which there is no such thing, to the $100 million property, including townhomes, manufacturers, there's only 110 active listings in Carson City. Um, and then pending, so same type of thing, condo, townhomes, manufactured and stick-builts, Pending sales, there's 140 of those. So there's actually more pending sales than there is active sales. And if you take um, the 169 total sales for the first three months of this year and divide that by three, and that comes out to roughly about 60, 60 sales a month. Um, and right now, we are um, at 110 active listings. So that means we have less than two months of inventory that's on the market. 
Uh, one thing about that number that I will mention is that does not include new construction. So um, places like Lennar that's building on the south end of Carson um, and some of these other new home developments going in minus Silver Oak, um, they don't put their homes on the on the multiple listing service. So there are a few more homes that are for sale that are new construction, um, that are competing with the resales, that are not included in that 110 active. But that really gives you an idea of what's driving this market right now is there's a good solid buyer demand out there and continues to be strong. Interest rates are still really good, uh, even though they crept up a little bit, but they're still in the fours and really good. Um, it goes to show there's only 110 active properties out there, so there's not a lot for people to choose from, which is why prices are being dri driven up the way that they're being driven up. Um, so we're, we're going to be back here um, with our next segment, and we have Gina Hill, who is the executive director of the Brewery Arts Center. Um, and if you have any questions regarding real estate or want a little more info about these stats, I'd be uh, happy to, to share more information with you. Feel free to reach out to me uh, on my website at sellingcarsoncity.com, or you can email me, Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T, at sellingcarsoncity.com. This week's guest, Gina Lopez-Hill, who is the Executive Director of the Brewery Arts Center here in Carson City. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. You betcha. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Gina, and how you came to be the Executive Director for the BAC. Well, I'm a Carson City girl. I went to school here. I went to Carson High. I grew up um, in the neighborhood, which is now adjacent to Empire Elementary School. And uh, after graduation, I went on to... Uh, University of Nevada, Las Vegas, but I was always a performer. I was always a dancer. Uh, I um, started my dance career very young. Um, at nine, I believe I was doing um, uh, dinner shows here in Carson City, wow. and um, uh, got my SAG card at thirteen, uh, doing commercials then, and um, you know went off and had a, a professional career, danced professionally about ten years uh, all over the world. Um, during my, and after my time at UNLV, and then um, I came back here to uh, raise my family, to be near my mom, and uh, I had always done shows at the Brewery Arts Center, and I had kind of gotten involved a little bit first, um, and then I was asked to be on the board. Gotcha. So I was on the board um, for almost a year, and uh, the Brewery Arts Center was in tough times. Right. And uh, we had to replace the, or not even replace, um, get rid of the entire all gotcha. No employees left. It was kind of on its own, and it fell into the lap of the uh, board of directors. So um, I uh, was able to, at that point in my life, volunteer as the director for six months to be able to get the place turned around which we did. We got it out of foreclosure. Yep. We got yep. it. We got it out of debt. It is completely well, not completely, but mostly debt free right now. And um, we got it turned around. And there's stuff happening there that I never even imagined would happen there. All kinds of doors opened up. You, you guys do some really neat things, and, and let's talk about that. So, what is the Brewery Arts Center, or you'll hear us say the acronym BAC? Uh, 
What's your mission, and, and where does your guys' funding come from? Well, our mission is to enrich the quality of life through arts and culture, and it for all. And and um, our funding is seventy percent grants and donations. Okay. So the Brewery Art Center was uh, founded in nineteen seventy five, and a lot of people don't know its real origin. The real origin was a group of artists got together, bought the building, okay, created the nonprofit, and then gave it to the city, which then leased it back to the Brewery Art Center. Gotcha. So it is the main building is a city owned building. Right. But um, it, it wasn't given to us by the city. Right. We gave it to the city. The artist gave it to the city, which I think is pretty cool. It is. And then um, uh, in 2000, we bought the building across the street, which is the performance hall. And, and uh, that was the old St. Teresa's Church. So we saved that historic building as well. And so now we have a full two-block campus. And the city loves the Brewery Arts Center is what I found. They want to see it succeed. And, and when they see something great happening there, everybody steps up to the plate. It's really, really cool. People, we, got, we get donations sometimes from people I've never even heard of, seen, never even been in the database. Right. We got a donation from the other day. And, and everybody is very, very kind and generous to the Brewery Arts Center. Well, and you guys do a lot of a lot of great things over there. Uh, the campus is absolutely beautiful. You know, you've you've incorporated the old building with the new building, and you have some great theaters. Um, you know, on both sides of of, of the campus. Um, do you have any further plans to expand that campus or make some changes to it? Absolutely, <laughs> of course, always. Um, well, one of the main new newest things that we have installed is the Harmony Park, and uh, that is kind of like a, a industrial musical instrument. Playground. Right. That anybody can, can come in and enjoy. There's a xylophone, there's drums, there's chimes, and they're visually beautifully beautiful. They look like uh, art or sculptures there, mm -hmm. but they're completely usable. Um, that was a generous donation from the Change Place. Very they are very into art and wellness and, and, and the whole holistic uh, growing of a human. Correct. And um, and so that kind of fit in perfectly with, with what they do. And I love sitting at my desk every day and um, hearing those drums just go off by anybody. You know, classes come by and, and they play with it. And the mailman walks by and plays the xylophone. And it's just really, really cool. And uh, we also have plans to build um, a permanent um, amphitheater. I, I actually just got... Uh, email with a design from the architect yesterday awesome so so that is in in the works perfect perfect very glad to hear that I think that that would completely change your campus and, and make it even uh, even more of a go-to destination oh um, I want to talk about three really cool events you guys do and, and you guys do way more than this but let's talk about three really cool ones that you do uh, my personal favorite is the TEDx events I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of TEDx and TEDx talks I go to the one in Reno all the time went to the one here last year and we'll be going to this one again this year what is TEDx when is it and tell us tell us a little bit about it and how you got it here well uh, TED actually stands for technology entertainment design and it, the first tech conference was developed in the 80s in the Silicon Valley. And it was intended to be um, all the great, brilliant minds of the world coming together, getting a spotlight to share ideas. The, the mission of TED is ideas worth spreading. So it's less about the speaker and more about the idea right. in concept. And um, so TED kind of took on a life of its own. 
It was very popular. The speakers get on stage, they only have 18 minutes to express their ideas and, um, and to convince the audience to take action, really. Right. You know, I think that's the true goal is to change the world. And um, I, uh, it, it, it became popular and popular. And then when YouTube, YouTube came along, it became available for anybody. So that kind of barrier-free access is really cool. But the real enthusiasts, like me, I started to watch video after video after video, and then I wanted to go to the TED conference. Well, the main TED conference is uh, the ticket price went up even more this year, uh, which happens next week, actually. It starts on Monday okay. in Vancouver, B.C., and it's $10,000 a ticket. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, so even though the ideas are available to everyone later, but to go and be a part of that, um, that group, that, that synergy that, that actually goes to the live event is not really available for everyone. Right. And I know it's certainly not in my budget. Right. So, so I couldn't do that. Um, but there's, there's something really special about what happens there. I had been through a, to a few uh, TEDx events in Washington and in Reno, and I thought, you know, Carson City's on the cusp of something really great. There is a change, a brewing. I, I went to school here. My parents lived here. And it was always kind of a government town where no one, everybody just kind of waited out time and nobody really had big ideas. But that's not true anymore. And there's a real um, spirit of creativity happening here. And I thought, you know what, we need a TEDx event. And, you know, you know me. If, if, uh, if something needs to happen, I'm not looking for somebody else to do it. I'm going to go ahead and do it. Right. So um, I applied. It's a one-person. It's a one-person application. Okay. So, um, and we actually got the license the first attempt, which I guess is rare. I heard from other curators right. that that's rare. And um, I, I assembled a, a committee of um, former speakers and just people who love the community and want to see great things. I mean, they're just effortless in their graciousness and volunteering and, and commitment to the true mission. Right. And, and um, it's an all-volunteer activity. So, um, and it is a, a license that we applied for from TED. Correct. But to have an independent event, the X stands for independent. We have to find our own funding sources. We have to find our own speakers. We're given guidelines. The rule book is about two inches thick. Wow. that we have to follow because all of the videos have to be professionally recorded and then uh, put on YouTube and, and there's all kinds of rules and, and um, but it was really kind of a breeze because we all love doing it. Right. Sponsors came to me. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to go looking for sponsors. Mm -hmm. um, our, our license, um, because I've never been to a, a main TED event, our license only allows for 100 people. Okay. That's why. That's why. And... Um, so, so we sold 100 live tickets, and those tickets were gone in about 20 minutes. I've never seen anything like it. It was really, really cool. Yep. And um, so we opened up an additional viewing room to, again, have barrier-free access to anybody who wants to participate mm -hmm. to go and see the live stream across the street in the performance ha hall and then have, participate in the day right. and, have, um, and have community and build relationships with everybody in attendance and the speakers. Correct. And those, uh, I just did the numbers the other day, and um, our TEDx videos from Carson City last year, our very first event, they've been viewed over 100,000 times. Right. 
So um, I, I was actually really surprised at those numbers. I shouldn't have been because all of our speakers were fantastic. But um, I, it's really amazing the impact that, that it can have. Right. And, and, and you guys were tasked with not just only putting on the event, you know, finding seating, finding the place to do it, and, um, you know, getting the correct equipment, the videos and all that. You guys had to go find speakers. Right. Yep. That's not hard. <laughs> Everybody wants to speak. <laughs> and, and, and I think the misconception is they want to speak about, a lot of people want to tell their story because everybody has a great story. Mm -hmm. But we had to really be precise in who we chose and more about the idea to stay with the true mission of TED. Ideas worth spreading. Everybody, is, you can have a great story, but what is your idea? Correct. So. Yep, and, and, and I want to underline that, that the, the, the goal of all of these talks is to give you a new idea or a new perspective to look at an issue um, and preferably a solution that, that, that comes with that and, and, and how you tackle a problem. Um, and if you're not familiar with that, go to YouTube, search TEDx, you, you know, anything that you type in TEDx and you'll find 100,000 videos to take a look at. Really, really neat. The, other, the next event I want to talk to you about is um, Art in the Park. What is that? And, and tell us a little bit more about it. Well, um, I volunteered for uh, Food for Thought a couple of years ago, giving out lunches in Park Terrace Park. happens to be the neighborhood that I grew up in, and it is a largely Hispanic Latino neighborhood right now, mm -hmm. adjacent to Empire Elementary School, which is 100% free and reduced lunch yes. there at Empire. So um, it is obviously an area it, with some need it, it, there. And... Um, that was the first time I'd gone back there in a long time. Right. And uh, a lot of things were gone from the park that were there. There was no bathroom. I think it's the only park in Carson City without even a porta potty. Um, the the pavilion was gone. Uh, the tennis courts were gone. You know, there were shoes um, hanging over the wires um, by the park, and we all know what that meant. And I thought, wow, you know, and, and a lot of kids came and got lunch. So I think food for thought is incredible, first of all. And I want, uh, you know, I thought, well, how can we support food for thought? And how can we support this neighborhood? Yep. And how can we let them know that we care about them? Because mm -hmm. it seemed very neglected at the time. And so um, I just, I thought, well, what, you know, what can I do? Well, I run an art center. I can do art classes. And so I recruited a bunch of teachers, and, and we tried it a few different ways. But what we found to succeed was, was go down. While the kids are having lunch, mm -hmm. we put up tables, we bring art supplies, we bring a couple teachers, and um, we have an art class. We have an art activity. Um, and, and anybody can participate. It's all free, and it's very consistent. And um, we do about 70 art projects with those kids a day. So this year, um, we are. it's going to be our third year doing it. And... Um, we're adding another component, which we didn't add in the past because kind of the feedback from, and we got a lot of volunteers from the community that love coming out and working with everybody. Awesome. So, um, and, and it's not a very well-known program. It's not a very well-publicized program, you know, because, because you know, it's, you got to keep everybody's dignity Correct. involved in everything that we do and make it fun and appropriate. So, um, but, but it was funded by Nevada Arts Council, Swift Foundation, Dermody Foundation, and private citizens. Free. And um, and it, everything's free, and we pay our teachers. Very cool. Give me an example of some of the art projects you do. Uh, we do <laughs> one of the cool art projects I thought uh, that the kids just loved was um, 
they hung up on all the trees. They hung up uh, um, paper, art paper, on all the trees. And they had mixed up paint and bubbles. Mm -hmm. And then they were blowing bubbles and making these gorgeous paintings with their bubbles, with the bubble paint going on the paper. And I thought that was a really, really cool. really cool way to use the environment, use the situation they were in, and, and create something really cool that the kids just take home and show their parents. You know, uh, uh, we use air-dried clay. We do a lot of stuff in geometrics. We, we've even tried other kinds of classes. And this year we're adding, um, I'm bringing in somebody to start a bell choir there um, this summer. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. I wanted something more um, sustainable rather than a project. I wanted them to, the, maybe the older ones, to kind of learn a skill. Right. Right. So. Well, and, and as a father of a three-year-old, I can tell you how much kids love bubbles, and they, <laughs> they love bubbles. Yeah. That uh, one went over real big with the adults. Everybody <laughs> did the bubbles. Everyone loves bubbles. <laughs> uh, the last event I want to talk to you about is the Leave It Amp Concert Series. Did I pronounce that correctly? No, it's actually Levitt. 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 And okay. it is funded by the Mimi and Mortimer Levitt Foundation out okay. of Los Angeles. They um, are a very successful uh, couple that um, the, the gentleman, Mortimer Levitt, was always wanted to go to concerts in the park and um, could never get in. So his whole mission is to provide free live music to everybody. And so um, sure. he built six pavilions nationwide. There's six gorgeous pavilion where top tier entertainers perform. Um, there's one in MacArthur Park in LA, there's a couple in Pennsylvania, they're building one in Colorado right now. So they have six already built and six in the works. And they thought, well, this is really great for these big cities, right. but what about the populations that are smaller? You know, how are we going to ensure that they get free quality live music? So they, uh, three years ago, they started the AMP program, the Levitt AMP program. So what that is, is we, uh, it's a $25,000 matching donation to a community under 400,000 people. Okay. And um, it's to produce 10 free live concerts. There's a lot of stipulations with the grant. It has to be original music. They have to be professional artists. Okay. You have to pay them a decent salary, um, and which I'm always a big proponent on. I love paying artists. That's the biggest thrill of my job is paying artists. And so uh, you have to have a lawn. <laughs> so, um, so it's a big competitive nationwide process, okay. and it's a three-part process. The first part is the grant proposal. I happen to be a grant writer, so um, so I wrote the grant. And then the second part is they take the top forty of those and they put them online for our online voting process. Mm -hmm. Then the community gets to vote. Now the voting process is not easy. You, I mean, you can't just vote many times on your phone. You have to. Do it, register, wait for an email. So it does take some time and a little bit of commitment. And so the second tier is the online voting process. The first year we got it, uh, we ended up 18th. So the top 25 vote getters can okay. move on to the next level. Okay. And they choose 15 to give 25,000 to, to do the concert series. And they give you a lot of support materials with that. Awesome. But, but so we, I didn't expect to get it. Because we were number 17th mm -hmm. the first year. Tahoe was number five. So I thought, you know, they're going to give it to Tahoe, you know. Right. And then when we got, I had almost forgot about it. And then um, when we got it, 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 it created this create, amazing energy that happened last year that I don't think anything else has been quite like it, anything I've ever done. And um, 
we put in a lawn. We did everything we needed to do. We came up with a great lineup. And there was 800 to 1,200 people there at our campus every week. And what they saw was they saw a great professional band from anywhere, from Nashville, from Brazil. From, we brought them in from all over right. with a local uh, opener, usually. And we put up bounce houses, and we made it very, very family-friendly. Mm -hmm. There was an art wall. Our board president, Kyle, built an art wall. Mm -hmm. And he, we put out paint every week, and people, kids just created and designed on it and played on it. Adults did, and sometimes we had some really great pieces on there. Um, it was almost sad to paint over every week, which we did, <laughs> but we took lots of pictures. And, um, and we saw community happening. We saw all sectors and all silos coming together to, to enjoy this shared experience. And that was the true um, goal of Media Mortimer Levitt when they decided to give these grants. And this year, we got it again. This year, we were sixth in the voting, so that was a lot better. <laughs> that was a lot good. better. And, um, and we have come up with a lineup that I am so excited about. Um, and remember, these are all free. Great. So um, we're going to open the concert series on June 23rd with Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> I know who those guys are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I do too. You know, they were they were really big when I was in my 20s and we had that whole swing revival thing. Mm -hmm. And yep. uh, I'm so excited to work with them. We're actually going to put out a dance floor. No way. On, in the middle of the street. Very cool. Very <laughs> with cool. dance floor because, you know, it's Big Bad Buddha Daddy. We've got to have a dance floor. you got to have you got to have a place to do some swing dancing for exactly, sure. Exactly, because I know we're going to have some great swing dancers out there. Yep. And, and we've got a really... Um, a uh, wide variety of genre. We have a cumbia band coming, La Misa Negra. Um, really fun. Um, if you don't know what cumbia is, it's it's kind of like Mexican club music. Okay. So um, they're, they're going to be a lot of fun. We have a reggae artist, Mala Brown, coming. Guitar legend, Guitar Shorty, is going to be here. He taught Jimi Hendrix how to play. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. And we're going to close with the Young Dubliners, who are always fun. Okay. And, and again... Free. Free. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So you guys you guys plan on having an art wall and some, some of those oh, things yeah. again? Same thing. Uh, we're going to change up the layout a little bit because um, we are expecting more people this year. Right. We really are. Um, I don't know how they're finding out, but people are calling from Utah. They're calling from, <laughs> they're RSVPing from Utah. They're RSVPing from, I, got, I had a party of 12 uh, from San Bernardino. And so what, what, it, the other effect is this, is a real surge in the economic and visitor um, capacity here in Carson City. Mm -hmm. and, and there's so many events going on, too, you know. Right. So it all throughout the city that it, it just kind of um, it, it has a different spirit here, especially in the summertime. And they all seem to complement each other. Right. Right, exactly. Well, in, in any time I think you can get people to to your campus and, and down there, uh, that's a win-win not only for you guys, but for the whole downtown area. Oh, yeah. Those people are going to go have a beer or go have dinner before or after the show, and, and you know, it's a win-win for everybody getting beds and heads, uh, or excuse me, heads and beds. Um, but what I want to talk to you about is kind of bring this full circle is, why is all this stuff important? You know, you talked about the energy of, 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 of the concert series, um, of the TEDx events, the art in the park, you know, uh, helping a neighborhood that, that could use a little extra help. Why is all this stuff important, and, and, and what does that help build within Carson City, you know, as far as the culture and the community? Why is that important? Um, 
having a thriving arts and culture component to a city is vital to the economics of any city. You're not going to have any entrepreneurial spirit without it. Right. And you're not going to be able to get young, talented people to live here unless there's that art and culture uh, component. Correct. It's absolutely vital to, to the relevance and to uh, the longevity of any community. Um, as, as a realtor, you know that when people come to town, they ask, what kind of schools mm -hmm. and what kind of arts and culture do you have? Right? Mm -hmm. what, what kind of things can I go do entertainment-wise? What's mm -hmm. going to keep me entertained? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and I think the other big thing that, that, that these things that you do, um, they bring people here. So, you know, that, that group coming from San Bernardino, I guarantee one person in that group's never been here. They're going to come here, and they're going to do like we all did, and they're going to go, wow, this place is beautiful. This is really neat. And what ends up happening is at some point, maybe not right away, maybe 10 years from now, one of those people is going to come move here, mm -hmm. um, and and I know you know not everyone's for all the growth, but if no one wants to live in, in your neck of the woods, your property value is never going up, and, and and that's how creating demand for where you live boosts everybody's boost everybody's property value rises all the boats in the tide um, to be able to get more demand and really show off our area, and I think that's a big thing about what you're doing here, along with it's dang good music. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> really good. Um, so, arts and culture, it, it, it is a real trendy issue these days. I mean, you know, you hear a lot, you hear it talked about a lot. Um, TEDx talks, you hear a lot, of, a lot of TEDx talks that are focused on building community, building mm -hmm. culture. Um, what are some things that you think that we can do here in town, uh, maybe with the BAC, maybe not with the BAC, that would help that, would help that cause? Well, I think... Um, that would help the that would help the cause of, of building okay. more culture and more arts. Yeah, I think just just having a, a focused identity uh, of being a town rich in arts and culture as well as history <laughs> will will help it tremendously. There is a lot here, and uh, there's many efforts in place to try and focus everybody to work together and to um, focus kind of the the theme of Carson City. It doesn't have to be. A theme but it has to have the same spirit like right. like Disneyland mm -hmm. you know right. <laughs> Disneyland is brilliant at connecting a theme throughout everything from a name tag to an accent when you go to a certain area right and that's what successful cities have to do and, and, and I think that's the one thing that, that you personally Gina have done well with the BAC and, and I'm sure the board's helped in that as well um, is before I, I this is my personal opinion I always thought the arts community was a little fragmented you know you had you had eight different groups all polling for the same goal but you had you had different groups that wanted to do it eight different ways and I think what you've done is you've done a great job of bringing those eight groups or however many there are into one fold and having more of a singular voice more of a, of, of a unified voice to, to get what you want out of it because it does play a big part in it um, and you, but you also can get more out of it if you have everyone pulling in the same direction rather than having some being pulled in eight different ways. Mm -hmm. And I think you've done a really good job with that. Thank you. You betcha. So um, the last question I'll ask you, and we ask this to everybody, if there was no limits, what would be your big, hairy, audacious goal for Carson City? Um, it's actually kind of relevant right now because it just went on the market. Okay. Uh, my big goal would, would be to... Uh, take the Ornsby house and okay. make it artist's office. 
Can you imagine what an influx of young, or not even young, just talented, creative people living in right in that core of this community would do to the rest of the community? That'd be a game changer. It would be. It would. It would be. You know. It would be contagious. The energy and enthusiasm and the ideas and the creativity, and we would be a destination for artists. And and we all know what that does to a community. Mm-hmm. Um, we look at tons of examples: Jacksonville, Florida, Oakland, California. How they changed their downtown core by building a, a performing arts district and a performing arts high school as well. And um, you know, we look at through history. Harlem Renaissance, what happened there. So it, it, that is my big goal. And I'm really hoping somebody who can buy the Lawrence House can make that happen is listening. <laughs> I hope so, too. I hope so, too. Uh, you know, you, that, that, that I think getting the young energy um, would be a, a complete and total game changer for the city in ways that we couldn't even sit here and talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and I know that there's been a big pull to, to try to bring those people here to town, uh, and, and the city's doing a good job with that. There's going to be more housing products at the market. Um, you know, the Reno Gazette Journal had a uh, had an article, I think it was yesterday or the day before, um, about rents pushing people out of Reno and Sparks and, mm-hmm. and now our rental market's not too much better down here it's it's it's, it's very fast paced and, and and prices are high uh, compared to you know, um, you know 10 years ago or even 15 years ago but that energy that you can bring to a city there's not a, you can't you can't quantify that value Mm-mm. you just you just can't and and that would be a big way to do that to be able to get something in there and, and get a little more energy focused on that downtown core as well mm-hmm. so uh, before we go um, tell us about the uh, the concert series one more time give us some dates it starts June 23rd the Levitt amp Carson City concert series starts June 23rd and that's a Friday night and we're starting on a Friday night with big bad voodoo daddy the rest of the shows will be on Saturday nights though. okay so uh, it goes through September 2nd. We are taking a break on August 19th because there is another event in town, and it's uh, to benefit a family of Colonel Hal, Lieutenant Hal. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, 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 Deputy Hal. Deputy Hal, excuse me. And so we are uh, going dark that night so other people can attend and, and support that event. Awesome. But every Saturday night, start at 7 o'clock, go to about 10 o'clock, and uh, then we let the thousand or so people there loosen to the rest of the town. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. We'll keep up the good work over at the brewery and really appreciate you having on the show. Thank you. You betcha. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Carson Chatter. You can subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud apps to get new episodes as they are uploaded. Once you've subscribed, please leave a review as it makes it easier for people to find the podcast. Please engage with us via social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by simply searching for Carson Chatter. You can also email us at carsonchatterpodcast at gmail.com. See you again soon, and please don't forget to tell a friend about this podcast.